All right, Jacob. In 1984, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar breaks Wilt Chamberlain's all-time career scoring record. At what point do you think LeBron beats that, and how many points do you think he's going to get to? He's going to score at least 40,000 points, I think. I think based on the math I've done, I think assuming like 27 points a game, I think he only needs like 20 or 30 games next year to break it, I think. So... For sure, by for sure by the halfway point next year, depending on how how healthy he stays, and I think he'll definitely get to forty thousand points for sure. Like I think he'll have the record, and it won't be particularly close when he's done. Oh yeah, I agree. I think he'll get well over forty. I'd say well over, but you know, forty two, forty three, forty four. I feel like I, he's gonna set that record. And I'd be curious to see in our lifetime if anyone would be close to even touching that. I I think someone will, but I, I mean, it's not gonna be like you know. You know, like in like maybe in the next 10, 20 years. I mean, like, I mean, I mean, said, I mean, Jabbar retired in what the late 80s, yeah, around there, somewhere in there, maybe, yeah. So, I mean, and it just took 35 years, 40, almost 40 years for someone to basically get there. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if it, if it took another 30 or 40 years, but someone's going to catch him eventually, just, just with the way that the game is played now. It's just higher scoring in general. So, I think we, yeah. I think All we I- see it. <laughs> Yeah, and like I said, give it ten years, twenty years from now, we'll have an, another new Michael Jordan, LeBron James out there playing. So there's always generational players. Just who knows who might be Luca? Who knows? I mean, it could be, could be someone in this year's draft. Yeah, honestly, the person who breaks LeBron's record might not even be born yet. Who knows? Yeah, you're not you're not wrong there. <laughs> but welcome, boys and girls, to the Lowing Brothers podcast. Where today we talk about a little bit of NBA instead of the Lakers. We're talking about the Celtics. Clearly, we talk about this fun weekend of, that we had at the Final Four and an opening day for the MLB on Thursday. But to start our show, we have another 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 guest this week of Jacob Tupa. He's our old roommate that, that Jacob and I had in college. He's actually, if you remember our first episode, he's actually the reason that kind of gave us the idea to do this one. He was, we were rambling about Jacob and I arguing in the kitchen about Siakam and his contract or whatever, and he kind of gave us the idea and... Fun to bring him on here is the guy who really gave us the idea to do this. And Jacob, if you just want to tell us about yourself or whatever, I mean, go for it. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I am the uh, guy who was in the kitchen listening to Jacob and Jared talk about Pascal Siakam and whether he deserved a Supermax contract. Um, You know, I could listen to the conversation for a little bit, and then I think I had homework or studying or something to do, so I had to get out of there. But uh, I met Jacob with the women's practice squad, Captain Lowen should have his jersey in the Raptors. It's my opinion. Uh, agreed. Uh, and then uh, met Jared through Jacob and lived with them. And yeah, it was a good time. And yeah, it's a fun watching sports and listen to Jared play Fortnite and watch The Office uh, at nights. But it was good. It was all good. Uh, so yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you miss uh, me screaming at the top of my lungs playing Fortnite. I'm sure that's uh, <laughs> probably 3 a.m. Let's go, baby. Let's go, boys. <laughs> Um, uh, it's good memories back in the day, back in the day. Now, now, now we're all adults. We're getting there. Yep. <laughs> but anyways, so yeah, thank you too for being on here. We enjoy, glad that you can come on, come on with us today. But so like, just, just to start us off in the show, we're going to jump in the NBA. Last week we had our friend Weston Martell come in. He talked about the Lakers and why they suck and why they're so terrible this year and guys bro- broke it down. And we're going the opposite way. You being a Celtics fan, I'm a Celtics fan, but I know you've followed a lot more. You've gone to a couple of their games, and even this year even, correct? Yep, this year. It's past winter. Yeah. yeah, so 
we're just kind of we're gonna go the opposite way with the Lakers and go with the Celtics today. And the Celtics have been on a tear. Beginning of the season, they were just awful. I mean, not just say awful, but in January, February, earlier there that they were. I, I think what I said last week that Jacob, they what they were eight and twenty-one or something at point, and now they're second in the Eastern Conference, going and with the playoffs approaching. You can just what have the Celtics done right since their struggles to get to this point in the season? Yeah, um, uh, I just think they've been playing great defense, like moving the ball well. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, unbelievable. Um, I was watching some ESPN or or listening to some analysts talk. And, you know, I did some research last night. Jason Tatum, 10th in the league in points per game. Jalen Brown, 20th. What you need out of your two superstars is scoring. Man, they've been moving the ball. Um, You know, like they say on ESPN, I think it was Kendrick Perkins. Uh, Brown and Tatum are starting to mesh even more than what they already were. Like, instead of just one dominates the game, both are dominating the game, and they're getting their teammates involved, which helps Boston as a team. And Emi Udoka, too, has been putting his... his, uh, Blueprint all over the Celtics. Um, just listening to what I was saying, watching the team play, man, they've been playing great defense. So I think defense has started it off for them, and then just having guys knock down shots and and Jalen Brown uh, and Jason Tatum be the leaders that they are. I am disgusted at the lack of the mention of the Buffalo Derek White. That's not cool. Hey, no, I. You're welcome. I, you know, thank you. That was <laughs> that was a great trade for Boston. Brad Stevens, after that trade deadline, I was a little eerie, Boston. Ah, what are they going to do? Are they making moves? Derek White, wow. Great great acquisition. Um, plays defense, scores the ball, does a little bit of everything. Um, I haven't really got to watch too many games of them playing, but just watching highlights and seeing what I've been seeing and the, the stat line and everything, it's it's been a good pickup for Boston, and I'm glad that they did it. I mean, I think that was a great trade for the Spurs, too, because, I mean, Richardson's been playing really good with the Spurs so far. I don't think Langford's done anything, but that first-round pick is going to be nice. We were talking before that uh, uh, with the Spurs actually playing well down the stretch, they might need to package that pick so they can move up in the draft. So I I think that was a great trade for both parties, actually. Yeah, no, I I guess I haven't been paying attention to the Spurs because I'm not really a Spurs guy, but it's glad to see that Richardson was doing well. I know he was shooting the ball well in Boston, and Langford, I don't know, he's got the tools, but... He's got to find find his role, I think. I mean, league. it's just one of those things. The Spurs are really deep at guard, and they just don't have a lot of minutes to give out because they're trying to get Lonnie Walker and you know, um, uh, you know, they got DJ. I mean, he's their all star. Um, and and that's part of the reason why they got rid of Derek White. We just had too many minutes at guard, and he was starting to get old. Not old, but I mean, the, we, we I think the Spurs are the second youngest team in the league, so they're kind of trying to start over. So, except and they're just. There's not a lot of minutes to give out at guard, so it's kind of tough to work Langford in. But like I said, Richardson's been playing well. Yeah, no, I think too with Boston, like why we package some of our guards, and it's good to get Derek White, like a true backup guard for us. But there's just like thinking about Romeo Langford, Josh Richardson, you've got guys like Peyton Pritchard and Aaron Neesmith and guys like that. And who some of those guys are even having trouble getting minutes. And, and Pritchard, I mean, I, I'm a big Pritchard guy. The guy's a dog, he's a ball hawk, he hits the three ball does the things that we need him to do. And so, I don't know, it's been, it's been, I'm glad to see that he's getting a little bit more minutes for Boston down the stretch. I mean, what, what were they doing wrong at the beginning of the year? Like, why were they so, as, as Jared said, I mean, I mean, they, they were frankly bad. So, I mean, I mean, like, why were they bad? I just think getting the team together and like getting guys to mesh new coach uh, is always tough. I know 
Started the season, they had guys out with COVID, guys out with injuries. I know we went to the game down in Minneapolis and they played the Timberwolves, and it looked like they had no energy. They couldn't put anything together. Jalen Brown um, had not the best game of his life. You know, he was kind of down. Um, uh, I will say, I'm not trying to make excuses here, but they were down Jason Tatum due to COVID. That was, we found out the morning of eating breakfast. Yeah, I get to watch Tatum and Brown. Oh, COVID. Great. Um, and, but I just think it was unacceptable for them to lose to a game where the Wolves, I think they were down like four starters and they were playing. And at this point, right, the Wolves were lingering around. It was like, okay, this is typical Timberwolves. They'll hang around for a bit and they'll start to drop off. But like, I'll give it to them. They've been playing great ball this year, got themselves set up for potential shot in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, to lose to the Timberwolves backups, what we had most of our starters, not the best look. Um, but yeah, no, started to, uh, play better defensively, um, I think once they got past that trade deadline too, acquisitions, um, kind of getting rid of the talk of splitting up Tatum and Brown. I, I don't know who in their right mind would split those two up. Um, two all-stars play well. Don't seem like divas. Um, got to keep those guys rolling together, and it's it's starting to pay off. I mean, I've always been under the impression that, I mean, you guys just needed like a point guard to run the show. I mean, and Kemba worked until it didn't, and Kyrie worked until it didn't. Um, I don't even who I don't even know who you guys' point guard is anymore. Um, we usually start, I think, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Al Horford, and Rob Williams. Um, so Marcus Smart, I mean, kind of what you know, you think about Kemba Walker and Kyrie Irving, I kind of think of those guys more as scorers, maybe Kemba more of a distributor of a distributor than Kyrie, but now we're kind of letting Brown and Tatum take the reins and say, here you go, this is your team, like take us as far as you're gonna take us. And just to have Marcus Smart out there, um, one of the best defenders in the league, um, from what I had seen earlier too, uh, potential for defensive player of the year, which I think he's deserved it almost every year, but they, they, they talk about giving it to bigs. Um, but yeah, just having him as an assist guy, knock down a few threes once in a while, uh, get the show rolling. So the true point guard, I think, is kind of, he's found his role there. Derek White coming in off the bench. He's a nice little combo player. Said, I mean, he can he can make some plays. He's a good passer. He can score. He's not the best shooter, but he can put the but he he, he can he can put the ball in the basket. He said, I mean, he, he plays good D. The Celtics. I mean, I, I I look at the guys in the Celtics roster, and they have a bunch of guys who can D up like Taysom, great defender. Jalen Brown, great defender. Say Marcus Smart, really good defender. I mean. How good are they on the defensive end? I guess. I mean, cause, but I, I, I don't. Except I don't keep track of the Celtics. I don't know exactly what their stats are like. But are 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 they as good on defense as they should be on paper? Yes. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> I think too. A big thing um, is our emergence of Robert Williams. Unbelievable. He stayed okay. Now I, I mean, he stayed healthy up until now, right? Meniscus tearing the knee. Hopefully, should be short term. We get him back second round of the playoffs. But what a steal of a contract! Four years, fifty-four million dollars. He's second in field goal percentage among players who have played over 50 games, fourth in block shots per game, and I think he's a legitimate defensive player of the year candidate just the way he alters shots. He didn't have to block the shot, just alter the shot. Like, who wants to go down the rim when you've got a guy as athletic as him who's going to jump up and contest every shot that you take? Um, as a team, second in the league in block shots. Um, they have the, they're the best defensive-rated team in the NBA as well. So I think they're, they're good on paper, but just watching them in the second half, Wow. They've been Ding up. I mean, you're going to have those games where you give up a few points and you have some lapses, but they've been fun to watch, and it's been fun to watch them. It almost reminds me of of uh, Greg Popovich's Spurs team in a way. And I know Emi Udoka was with Pop for a little bit, 
you know, ball movements, playing defense, playing together, um, watching them, and, and that was championship basketball. So hopefully they can keep that up. Yeah, I mean, if they can, I mean, they're yeah, definitely so, the hottest team. Yeah, well, I have a question for Tupa here too. That uh, so we asked to we asked Weston this last week about the Lakers and what would be a good way for them to end the season. In your opinion, where? What would be like if the Celtics make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, or in your head, them making it to the finals or winning the finals? Like, what should what what would be a very good end goal for the Celtics to end the season? I think just the way that they've been playing recently in their past, where we've made it to the finals, would we make it like three or four years or four or five years and didn't get to the finals a single time? Um, I think we got to get past that hump. You can't just say, yep, well, we made it to Easter Conference Finals after we're not making it for a year or two. Nope, sorry, that's that's out of the question. We've gotten past that stage, and I think we've got to um, make it to the NBA Finals. Like, if we win the Finals, that's spectacular. Like, I think everybody's goal should be to win it, and especially the way Boston's playing now. They're, I think they're, they should be thinking in their minds they're legitimate contenders, but with them, they have to get past the Eastern Conference Finals. Got to make it to the Finals, get a little taste of that, and then who knows? I mean... If they're streaking and playing well, then things could go well for them. But I think we got to get past. Yeah, no, no, I, I definitely think that uh, the Eastern Conference is a lot more open than the the Western Conference. I feel like there's a lot more wiggle room to. I know the Bucks are. I mean, there's good teams: the Bucks, the Nets. I mean, the the Heat and the Bulls. They've all been streaky, but I feel like it's anyone's conference. Unlike the the Western Conference, where you know the Suns are the favorite and. I mean, the Grizzlies have been moving up, but like, I, I feel like in that conference, it's like the Suns. The Suns are going to win the Western Conference. Yeah, there's teams that can compete, but I feel like in the Eastern Conference, it's, it's pretty wide open. So I, I feel like you never know. I, I'd love to see the Celtics in the finals. Hopefully, they can actually pull through this year with for it. I agree. Yeah, for sure. That'd be fun to watch them there. <clears throat> I mean, I mean, just speaking of how open, like I said, I mean, like I look at the East, and there's like six teams. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up winning it and making it to the finals. Like I said, in, in the West, if it wasn't the Suns, I'd be shocked. Like, the Warriors just haven't played that well since Glaze came back. I mean, and they're, I mean, and, and Steph's been hurt. Like I said, I mean, like I said, I, I just have a hard time seeing the Grizzlies beating them. Like I said, Mavericks, maybe. Like, I, the Clippers aren't what they used to be. Like I said, like, I just, I just can't see anyone being able to beat the Suns in a seven-game series over there. We said the East is... Who knows? Like, I mean, clearly, I mean, the Heat, the Celtics, the Bucks, Sixers. I think the Bulls can if they can put it together. Like, the Nets definitely could. I mean, they're sitting down at number 10 right now, but, you know, if they get Kyrie back, he can play in the home games again. And, I mean, they're probably, they're definitely the most talented team out there. So, yeah. I think, too, just Brooklyn, you know, you kind of like, you, you want to say you don't want to play for a certain seed, but I wouldn't want to see Brooklyn in the first round as a Celtics fan. You get Kyrie back, you get KD healthy and Kyrie healthy. You got uh, Seth Curry. Um, yeah, it's, crazy they've they've got a loaded roster i think they won the uh the philly trade obviously they haven't been healthy and they haven't gotten ben simmons back on the floor but i think even without ben simmons they're still one of the best teams and i wouldn't want to see them in the first round yeah i mean and simmons i think simmons i don't know if he's gonna play this year i mean i just saw today that he's not that he's out for the rest of the regular season and the play-in for sure he said maybe he comes back but i mean i don't know how good you can be when you haven't played basketball in a year like live actual NBA basketball, like 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 this isn't like you can just go to a couple open gyms and and you're fresh. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, 
And then, too, when he comes back, you got to think about team chemistry as well. Like, yeah, you can practice and run plays and going going fine and going great. But when you get out on the floor and you're playing with guys against actual other NBA players, not that they weren't in practice, but, you know, you're playing against all-stars from other teams. Like, you've got to start figuring things out. And I just don't think the playoffs is the right time for them to do that. Yeah, you know, honestly, I mean, if if I were them, I just I would just I would just keep them on the sidelines till the end of the year, see what you can do, and then just work him in next year. Because like you, you, you like you said, at at this point, it just feels like it's too late for it to for it to really work. You might as well just you know just kind of let it ride. Because honestly, I think without Ben Simmons, they can they, they can win a title. They're plenty talented enough. I mean, KD and Kyrie are awesome, and they have enough of a supporting cast to make it work. Exactly. Yeah, I don't. I definitely agree. Wait till wait for a little bit and get Ben Simmons back in the right track. And I mean, when Ben Simmons is playing, the thing is, is they don't need him to be a scorer. You got Kyrie, you've got KD, you've got Seth Curry. Like, just distribute the ball and play defense. That's all we need you to do. Like, take that pressure off him. And I think he's back to hopefully his old his old all star version of himself. And I mean, that's what Jared was saying. Uh, you know that that was a perfect trade for them. That you know it filled all their gaps. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna credit Jared with the awesome foresight on that one. Hey, I've been saying it for a long time that trade trade those two together would be perfect. Yeah, like I said, this season might not work out, but bring Ben Simmons back healthy next year, a healthy KD, healthy Kyrie who can play all season long. That's going to be a favorite to win it next year once they get all three of them back together. If they all stick together, no one requests a trade. Or I mean, the Nets have been nuts ever since KD and Kyrie been there. It's where people keep coming in and out constantly. I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge gets goes there, then retires, and then comes back. I mean, it's just it's just nuts. If they can keep those, especially just those three main people, that's gonna be a tough team coming. I'd say next year, especially if they can keep them all year round. Yeah, and I even look at this year too, like Goran Dragic, like the man, like he he can play still. You know, obviously that run with the Heat and kind of bounced around a little bit, trying to find his way and trying to find his way to a a contending team where he deserved to be, and he still he's still got it. I think you know, so I'm not too. I'm a, I mean, as a Celtics fan, obviously, I don't want Brooklyn to do well because then that means we have to play them sometime eventually. But um, they're definitely a team that you got to look out for. Definitely not wrong. Um, I think I think that's probably enough NBA. I think we can talk about the real basketball now. Um, I think everyone who knows me knows my disdain for the NBA, but it's still basketball, so I like to talk about it. But real basketball, college, Final Four, the greatest month of the year, has finally came to an end. And, you know, some, you know, had a couple of great games over the weekend. Um, but, but another reason we have our friend Jacob Tupa on is he is a big dookie, a big dookie. And I asked him last week to come on whether they won or not. So this isn't me bringing him in just to make fun of him. If they won at all, I would have had him on either way. Um, but let's talk about um, how your so-called greatest coach ever managed to choke two games to their biggest rival, you know, in the back end of the season. So how about how about you just talk about that and you know and and kind of just let me know how the end of the season felt for you. Well, well said, Jacob. Well said. <laughs> yeah. Well, starting to turn into a, a little hate fest on Duke, but that's all right. That's all right. I'm used to it. Um, yeah, heartbreaker to see Coach K go down. I mean, right away, it ended the season. I'm like, uh, okay, this team, they're kind of letting the pressure of Coach K's final year get to them. And people will say, oh, no, they weren't. But I mean, come on, you're how old? And like, you know, everybody knows that that's lingering around. Like, you've got to be thinking about that somewhat. And so, just to watch them, I mean, just to watch them turn it around, like, as a Duke fan, wow, like, what a final four run. 
Michigan State game, great game. Texas Tech game, great game. Arkansas game, still a good game, not as good as the other one, just from the margin of victory. Um, but, yeah, wow. And then losing to Carolina twice to end the regular season to end the season. I don't know, heartbreaker for me to lose to your rival. But, you know, I think Rihanna to a buzzsaw. You know, it was UNC a team of destiny? I don't know. Like, personally, I think that they were deserving of a way higher seed than what they got. 23-8 and eight record at the end of the year, playing inconsistently one of the best conferences in basketball. You can't tell me that there's, what, 28 teams that were better than they were. I mean, obviously, in hindsight, we look at it now, but you can't tell me before March Madness that there was 28 teams better than they were. Duke had three more wins in Carolina at the end of the year, and Duke was a two seed, and they were an eight. I don't get it, but I don't. not the one making the brackets. I think... I think there was just a lot of because I mean people like me. Uh, I'll eat my words. I said after that first Duke game, Carolina. This might be the worst Carolina team I've seen in a while, and I thought they'd miss the tournament. And I think there was. I, I think a lot of people still felt like that in the end of the year because they remembered how bad they were in the first half of the season. But like I said, they they really got hot. I mean, and, and in my opinion, up until e- even through the game yesterday, they looked like the best team in that tournament all the way through. So I'm. I mean, they definitely had to figure it out, and and, and they're going to bring most of that roster back. I'm. I. I think I don't foresee Lover Baycott declaring. Yeah, I don't either. And the 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 big loss would be Manic. He. That's a tough loss. <laughs> that, that kid I mean, good. he was he was He's stone a good cold. player, and he just he, he hits big shots for you. I mean. He was he's the one that that started that first half run for them against Kansas. I mean, he hit two back-to-back threes that took them from it was a 22 to 22 to 28 to 22 next thing you know, they were up big, but that's that's going to be a big loss, but I mean, Puff Johnson, I feel like it would be a good guy to replace him next year. I mean, he played a good national championship game for a team that runs with an iron 5 all the time and now he came in, played 11 minutes and put or however many minutes it was, put up 11 points. He played pretty good, but I just like to throw a fact. I know everyone's probably seen it. I just like to say the fact that Coach K lost his first game ever to UNC, lost his his last ever regular season game to UNC, and then lost at home at Cameron Indoor, and lost his last game ever to UNC. Is his start of career started with losing to UNC and ended with UNC too? I love it, man. I I hate Duke so much. I do because I'm a UNC fan, but I I respect Coach K so much and he's hell of a coach i feel like in this whole rivalry i hated duke a little less because of him but now that he's gone i can just fully on hate duke now and i can't have like like there was a little part of me and i hate to say this i hate to say this as a unc fan they're like i thought it would have been really cool if coach k would have won his last his last season as a as as a head coach i thought that would have been cool but the part of me that hates Duke, I you know clearly didn't want to. But I thought it'd be cool for his last season to go out like that, uh, 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 the greatest coach of all time in college basketball. I mean, you can easily argue that that'd be pretty cool. But I mean, as Jacob know, he watched the Final Four game with me. I was freaking out and kind of uh, making gestures at Coach K at the end of the game when they lost. But um, <laughs> that, that was just in my mem- in my emotions. But yeah, I know it, it was tough as a UNC fan to watch that Final Four happen. Kansas. Honestly, I don't really think they played that great of a team until even the Final Four. And the Final Four, they played Villanova, who they killed. They got down like three times in this tournament at the half and then ended up blowing out their poem in the second half. They're clearly a second-half team. I thought Caleb Love was a second-half <clears throat> player, but you know he didn't 
show out either. You know, going five for twenty four from the floor yesterday. Yeah, like I said, I mean, you said, I mean, you, I mean, you, li- I mean, love, love won, love won the game against UCLA and won the game against Duke, and then he went and lost the title game. I mean, it's you know, you 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 live by love and you die by love. You know, I mean. <laughs> Well, and I, I told you that I've told you on the phone, Jacob, too. I are texting you. I said, as a loves loves a player, he can either shoot us into a game, get us back in the game, but he's definitely a player that can shoot us out of a game. And he took some pretty dumbass shots last last night, and especially with 16 seconds left. I mean, he took that really long three, like huge deep three, just pointless. I, I'm curious to see what that the, their final play was actually going to be if Manic didn't slip and fall on the block. I'm not saying they would have scored and they would tie the game up, but. Honestly, I, it looked just like a basic. Cause I mean, if like I mean, and 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 someone had pointed this out to me. And if you watch it back, um, Puff had kind of, um, um like right when Manic is coming off that screen, it kind of looked like he was loading to throw it over top. So uh, honestly, I think they're just gonna lob it over top and and hope that they switch the screen and hope that Manic would just knock down the three over top of a smaller defender. You know, and just and you know, and just, just let the chips land as they may. But after Manic fell, I think Love just ran to the ball and just said, "Let me try." You know, it, which is, I mean, it's just so, I mean, honestly, I mean, nothing in that second half went North Carolina's way. You know, they had Love, who couldn't walk for four possessions because he had a freak, you know, ankle turn with no one around him. You know, Baycott, you know, with the game on the line, down one, was driving in for a layup, rolled his ankle and threw the ball out of bounds. You know, Manic is playing definitely concussed. The, you know, the whole game, you know, and, you know, and then at the end on their final play, Manic trips on his, you know, trips and, and can't get back up. I mean, just, j- just the unbelievably shitty luck that they had in that second half is, you know, but I mean, sometimes, sometimes stuff like that happens. I mean, not to take any, any, anything away from Kansas. I mean, they, they, they earned that title just as much as North Carolina would have had North Carolina win, but just, the, just the unbelievably poor luck that North Carolina had at, at towards the end of the game was just unfortunate. I'm curious to hear from UNC fans' perspective, right? So I'm watching the game last night. Great game, by the way. Like, a stellar game. Like, I was so glad that Kansas made it a game because Carolina's up 16 and a half. I'm like, ah, oh, geez, here we go. Like, another national championship in the last few years, it's going to be an absolute blowout. But no, great game. Um, but so Kansas steps out of bounds, three, three or four seconds left, right? And throughout, And then they're reviewing it, reviewing it. And then after UNC finds out they get the ball, and they take a timeout to draw up a play. I was I was personally shocked. I thought they would have had something drawn up, save the timeout in case something happens. Maybe Manic falls, they take the timeout. Okay, we don't get the look that we want. Um, I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts? I, I just thought maybe Hubert Davis, too, respect for him as a coach. Like, right away to start the season, I was, didn't really even know who Hubert Davis was, to be honest with you. Um, and I was thinking, you know, is Carolina going to be the same Carolina without Roy Williams? We'll find out. And shaky to start the year and leading his team the way he did at the end of the year. Bad respect for the guy, but I don't know. I question the timeout call, and I just want to know your guys' thoughts. Well, as a, I'm the actual UNC fan now because Jacob left us a couple <laughs> last year or whatever. Um, no, like I, I don't because I feel like at that point, I, I don't mind the timeout. I, yeah, they had time to draw it up while the, everything's being reviewed. I just feel like that timeout was being called to just make sure that they have, they're all set. They all know what the plan is. Clearly the plan failed because manic fell, but like, I, I don't, I don't crap on them taking a timeout. Cause I, I feel like that was the last possession, even with timeout, no timeout. That was the last possession for them. It was, it was make it or not. And I feel like just taking that timeout, they were just make, 
you know, make Hubert was just making sure, you know, double checking everyone. Everyone know what the play was and what's going to happen. If it fails, what what's the next move or what, whatnot. But in my opinion, I, I have no problem with it because that was the last possession. I mean, they don't they don't score there. They foul Kansas, and at that point, they're basically hoping for Kansas to miss a free throw and then to them hit a, a miracle shot to put in overtime. So I I have no problem with that timeout, Jacob. I don't know what you think, but um. I thought I thought um, I thought it was odd, but I don't really have a problem with it. Like you said, in, in in a situation like that, I think it's really, I think it's really easy for the guys, you know, for for especially basically kids to to you know to to kind of forget or not forget, you know, to kind of just you know, it's it's tough to you know soak that all in. So I mean, I, I don't have a problem with him taking more time. Um, I also wouldn't have had a problem with him not taking a timeout, like you know, like Tupa said, in case something stupid happens. Like maybe you can't get the ball in bounds, um, you know, and, and you have to take a timeout because you know you're about to take a five second violation. Like it's it's nice to keep that in your pocket. I don't think he was wrong either way. I don't have an issue with um, um, you know, with doing, you know, which is taking the extra time, making sure everyone understands what they're doing and, and where all the options are. Because on a play like that, you're you're hopefully going to have more than one option. It kind of seemed like the. It kind of seemed like Maddox was the only option because after he fell, Love just kind of caught the ball and just chucked something up. So I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of surprised he didn't have a little more action going on there. Um, but I, I, I think I'm gonna say I would rather him hold on to that timeout. But like I said I don't have a problem with him taking it. Um, what I do have a problem with is, 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 is coaches who take timeouts at the end of the game when, you know, there's eight seconds left and you can just throw the ball into your best player and just let him go one on one. Um, you see, um, it's, 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 it's not as common anymore in which I'm glad I, I liked, I, I like when the coaches just let the guys play down the stretch. So yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, I didn't have a problem with it, but I think I would have liked to see him hold on to it. But like I said, it's, I don't have an issue with it. I have, I have one last question for you, Tufa. I mean, we, I mean, right. we talked about national championship game. We talked about Duke UNC. <clears throat> My next question is for you is that, do you think, Duke continues. I mean, just like UNC, I no one knew after Roy Williams. Probably, you know, would they would would North Carolina still be North Carolina even after year one? I mean, who knows after year one? Do you think Duke stays Duke without Coach K? Coach K made Duke who they are. I mean, they made him. He's made them into a dynasty team. And I've seen stuff today already that with Coach K leaving and there's some other whatever that some of their because they I'd said this in the last show they have three of the top five recruits in the nation that um number of recruiting class some of the recruits are considered leaving because you know coach k is not going to be there and then the, there's another coach that's leaving who's going to like louisville or something like that who was like the main recruiter for duke so like there's rumor that like their top recruits might go to louisville or you know do you think duke you know their dynasty is done with coach k because he built it up he made it what it is he's gone do you think do you think they're still a dynasty team players still want to keep coming there year after year after year and you know Still make Duke Duke, and do you think like John was it Shea or whatever who's going to be the new new coach? Like, do you think they continue being a dynasty after Coach K leaves? Yeah, I think it'll be a little tough. Obviously, I think Coach K did the right thing in setting up this succession plan and letting people know like, hey, this is going to be his last year. So recruits aren't surprised at the end of the year saying, well, geez, if you were supposed to be here, you recruited me, now you're gone. Um, I liked that aspect of it. Um, I think Coach Child be a good coach. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was going to talk about that too. Like, the recruiting is looking great for us. Is was who knows yet? Um, you know, three of the top five recruits, um, four total five star recruits, number one recruiting class. 
Um, and then find out today that Nolan Smith, one of our assistant coaches, is heading to Louisville to be the associate head coach, which congrats to him, right? Trying to move up the ladder, associate. He's probably going to be a head coach somewhere. Louisville succeeds and does well in the next few years. Um, oh, he's an old Duke player. Loved watching him. Um, wish nothing but the best for him, but it's tough now, right? Because, like, well, I was listening to stuff today and reading articles. Like, he was the main recruiter for these guys. And and uh, listening to Jay Williams, ESPN analyst, um, old Duke player as well, he thinks Coach K should come back for one more year to steady the ship and say, okay, Nolan Smith left. He's your main recruiter. Don't follow him to Louisville or don't jump ship now. Like, let's steady the ship. Like, we're still Duke. I don't know if Coach K does come back. I think he's riding off into the sunset personally. Maybe he does. I don't know. Would it be a good thing? I mean, you got to look at it from, okay, yeah, it's just a great thing to have Coach K back. But then on the other hand, it's like, well, is it going to keep being one of those, like, he, he, he's got to retire eventually. and We've got to move on eventually. Um, I just I hope we can steady the ship and we can get guys to say, you know, Duke's big thing is the brotherhood, right? Like, so they, like we got the brotherhood and all these former alumni, and we just get guys from the brotherhood saying, no, hey, like we're Duke, like we're Duke for a reason. Like we're still the brotherhood, like come join us. Like don't follow to Louisville, even though it's hard. I can't even imagine the relationship they build with recruiters and the decision those guys are making at 18 years old, you know. But um, yeah, I, th- I think Duke will still be Duke. Um, it'll depend, I think, a lot on how we see our, our recruits. Um, are they going to stay? Are they going to go? Um, but no, I think I think we'll still be okay. Maybe, it, you know, what? Next year or two could look a little bit iffy. Um, I'm hoping not. I'm really optimistic about Duke. I think we'll be fine. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it turns out. I know there's a lot of uh, jumping around. I didn't even know Nolan Smith had moved till today. Obviously, I don't think anybody did. But I was kind of surprised, to be honest with you, that he did. So it'll be interesting to see how the uh, college basketball landscape plays out. Yeah, I know. And uh, who knows? Maybe we have a whole Tom Brady year, you know. I'm leaving, but wait, never mind. I'm coming back. And, and clearly, yeah, you know, John's not sh- share or whatever, you, whatever. I'm assuming it's share. I don't know, but um, if if I'm sure if Coach K said I want to come back, I don't think Duke would be like, oh, sorry, no, we already hired a new coach. I think be like, all right, you're you're back, but I don't think he's coming back. And, you know, after this whole farewell tour that he have just to come back for it, I mean, I think it'd be kind of. I mean, I mean Tom Brady said he never said he's retiring in a farewell tour, but like. I don't know. Yeah, I do think it'd be good. I, I think those most of those recruits are going to stay for du- with Duke, but but I mean that's been Duke's thing. I mean I'm not saying prior prior to the early 2000s, Duke was a team that you know they built up players and juniors. I mean there was not a lot of one and duns. Duke's thing now is they get a bunch of one and duns and they're good. I mean Pablo Panchero, he's gone. I mean that's their thing. They just reload every single year. And I know that's why I told I've told Jacob many times. That's why I love about UNC is that we we don't, we don't have one and dones really. We just have players that usually stick around. We're we're never good consistently every single year, but once every four years we have two really good seasons where we compete for a national championship, and then the next years we're down again, and then we build our way up. That's what I like about UNC. I, I, I'm honestly kind of glad UNC is not like a one and done school like Kentucky or Duke or you know all these like Gonzaga. Now I mean they get all the top recruits there too, but. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm I, for my sake for UNC. I hope John Shayer sucks and the Brotherhood doesn't stick for Duke and they just go downhill. But I'm, I don't know. I just had to ask your opinion about that with Coach K being gone because he's the one that built that program up. And now that he's leaving, I just yeah. I, from a Duke fan perspective, I just want to know if you thought 
that that tradition and all that will stick will stick yeah and i think too like it'll be interesting to turn out like i was talking to my dad today like you said you know carol he's and he, he was cheering for carolina he's more of a carolina guy um than a duke so you know i guess i straight or he straight or somebody did but um like i was talking with him you know like duke is that one and done school and carolina like look at the guys they're gonna bring back next year like you mentioned earlier think love staying you think baycott staying you look at teams that they project are going to be the top teams like Arkansas, you know, like they're going to have seniors. They're going to have juniors and seniors that are there to play. And Duke just isn't that team, which, yeah, we can bring in talent all we want, but there's times where I'd take a junior and senior experience class over, um, you know, just really good freshmen because they've got that experience and they've been there. They've done that. And so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. And well, just sorry, Jay, I'll, I'll let you talk here too. Um, I've been interrupting you. I, I can see you wanted to talk here and I keep interrupting you, but um, yeah, that's just my, my thing too, is that like I said, there's, there's just a big one and done school and that's not what they were, but what coach K built it up to be that one and done school. And I mean, with the transfer portal and all that stuff, I mean, the, the game of college basketball is changing and even college football is changing a lot because of the transfer portal. And I mean, who knows who's, going to be you know the best team year after year because the transfer portal and then top recruits in the nation and i don't it's just it's just crazy to think about and like i said i I hope i just hope that and the thing about this unc team reminds me of the year they lost to villanova they lost in the last second national championship game and the next year they lost a couple players, but they basically brought back the same team, a very experienced team, and then won national championship next year. If they do that this year, in my head, that's what I'm thinking right now. I'm thinking they're a good team going up the tournament. I'm betting on North Carolina all all day next year because they bring a lot of experience back from a national championship team who clearly was talented enough to win. But that's if they bring everybody back. Baycott, Love, Love gets a little more consistent and doesn't shoot the ball so much, out of shoot them out of the games, and, you know, take smarter shots, but. That's what I see right in my head. That's what I envision right now. It's an old North Carolina team where they lose a national championship game. The next year, they bring the same team back, basically, and they compete for it. But, Jacob, I'll let you take over. I'm done interrupting you here. You know, just a quick note on the transfer portal. Transfer portal. I mean, I tweeted today. Right now, there's over 1,000 players in the portal. And last year, over 1,700 players transferred. And over 360 teams. That's like five players, on, on average, are transferring out of a team in any, any given year. I mean, a lot of teams... Like UND this year, they're they're out like five players. One of them was a freshman of the year. That's two years in a row. UND has lost their freshman of the year through the transfer portal. NDSU is losing like their four best players. I saw South Dakota State is losing probably their best their their best player who's returning next year. I mean I, I mean and a lot of other teams. You know even the bigger schools have all these guys transferring out just frequently. And like I said, I I never thought I'd see the day where free agency was a big thing in college sports. But you know here we are. But um, I think. I just want to ask you guys something because, um, I mean, no one would argue in the last 20 years that the two best coaches in, in college basketball were, weren't Roy Williams and Coach K. Who Who's the best coach now? Is it Bill Self? Is it Jay Wright? Is it Calipari? I mean, who is it? I'll, I'll let Tupa take the first crack at that one. Man, this is tough. Um, there's so many great coaches out there. And I remember watching something where they were talking about who's going to be the guy that takes the reins. Is it going to be this guy? Is it going to be a collective effort? Um, if you look at yesterday and you look at Kansas, how consistent they've been lately, you got to say Bill Self, right? Win the title, been a pretty consistently good team. Um, look what Jay Wright's done in Villanova. Um, he brings his team far every year, has a good team. Um, 
I'd like to see them playing a little bit better of a conference. I mean, they still play some really good opponents, but they aren't playing the quality of schedule Kansas and them are playing. Um, Mark Few at Gonzaga, still the same thing. I don't like the conference that they're playing in. I wish they'd be playing some, some tougher opponents. I get they have a good non-conference. It's a tough for me. I mean, you could pick anybody on any given day, but I just think winning the title last year, if I had to pick one person, and it was like, you got to pick one, you can't say collective, whatever, I'd probably say Bill Self. Just winning the title last night helped his cause in my eyes, right? Maybe I'm just have a national championship title high from watching the game, whatever. But you look at Kansas, Big 12 is a good basketball conference, and they play, they're always consistently a good team, bringing good recruits. Um, usually get themselves pretty far each year in the tournament, you know, maybe have a slip up once in a while, but you don't hear of Kansas too much losing first or second round as of late. So I like to, I would say him if I had to pick somebody. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I won't because I hate bill self. No. And I hate Kansas. I honestly, I hate all blue bloods minus North Carolina. Um, and okay. I am selfish. So I, I maybe don't have the best opinion. Yeah. Bill self. He has. Okay. Bill self has two, national championships in kansas jay wright also has two with villanova in like a short probably shorter period i would say right now the two i said the, the hottest upcoming coach is jay wright 100 i mean he's won two villanova's constantly and in the, in the last six years they've been there they've been there they've been there and and the one year they won it not not the year they beat North Carolina, but the one year that they won it all against who? Who did Villanova? Michigan, Jacob. Yeah, they beat Michigan, didn't mm-hmm. they? It wasn't, and it wasn't close either. Yeah, they dominated that whole tournament. Like they dominated that whole tournament, and I would say Jay Wright. And honestly, right now I'm saying the best coach. I'm not saying it's Bill Self. I'm saying I'm not saying it's Jay Wright. It's Tom Izzo. I mean, dude, that dude from Michigan State. He's been there for how long? I mean, he yeah, he's has one national championship, but they. They're constantly in it. Doesn't matter if they're a, a 10 seed, a seven seed. They compete. I mean, they competed with, with Duke this year. I mean, you tell me right now, that's the best coach in, in college basketball right now. 100% is uh, best coach. I'm, if you're talking about young, younger guy, kind of upcoming, 100%. I'm saying Jay Wright, not Bill Self. Bill Self is a great coach. I'm not trying to take anything away from it, but like the Big 12 minus Baylor this year. I mean, the Baylor's, I mean, they're. It's almost like freaking Oklahoma in the Big 12 in college football. They just win it every single year. It's like it's something special about winning the Big 12 in basketball. Minus now that Baylor's good and you know, there's some other teams that Texas has been good here and there, but it's always been Kansas. Just like in college football in the Big 12, it's just been Oklahoma lately. Oklahoma always wins it. Like, I don't, I don't, that conference that they're in, I mean, they haven't, they don't make that many runs in a, in a year. And like, I don't know, like just fresh minded in my head right now. It's Villanova, Jay Wright, great coach. And Jacob, gosh, I know if I if I if I asked you this question, I'm sure you're saying Tony Bennett, but Tony Bennett is by far my favorite coach, which is why I'll always cheer for Virginia. Um, not cheer for, I mean, I'll I'll cheer for them. Not my favorite team, but I'll 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 always root for Virginia. Um, I'm gonna. I'm going to push back on Tupa's um, comment about how Villanova's conference isn't as good as the Big 12. Um, I think, I mean, I mean, the Big East in in college basketball, there's, um, it's the Power 6, not the Power 5, and the Big East is definitely one of them. I mean, you look at the Big East this year, they have Providence, Villanova, you had UConn, Creighton, Seton Hall, Xavier was good, Marquette was good. I mean, and other teams who aren't good this year, but are good sometimes, Butler's in the Big East. 
I mean, I mean, Georgetown sucked this year, but Georgetown is, is, is usually around. So, I mean, the Big East is a tough conference, and um, I'm, I'm also going to push back on Tom Izzo. He hasn't won a title since 2000, and um, there are only two coaches, active coaches right now, who have won more than one title, and it's Jay Wright and Bill Self. So, I, I think it has to come down to those two. And um, honestly, I'm just going to go with Jay Wright. I kind of think, I kind of think, like I said, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, I mean, you can argue about Coach K and, and, and Roy Williams all you want. I think Roy Williams is a better coach in the last 20 years, but he doesn't have the long-term track record that Coach K had from the 80s and 90s. Um, but yeah, I'm, I think, I think I'm going to throw, I think I'm going to throw Jay Wright out there just, just because, I mean, he, like I said, he had, he, he's had some dominant runs, you know, he had the lead eight this year. Um, I think he does more with less. Um, I don't think he has the, you know, the premier players. Um, I mean, granted, I mean, having premier players is part of being a good college basketball coach, but um, I think I'm going to give the edge to Jay Wright. Um, and I think Tom Izzo was probably three. Um, this question was prompted by, I was on the college basketball subreddit today and there was a poll and about, and slightly over 50% said Bill Self, a little less than 50% said Jay Wright. And then like one person voted for Tom Izzo and no one else got any votes. So, I mean, I think it's pretty clearly Wright and Self and then Tom Izzo coming in at three, like I said, and then you have guys like Scott Drew at, um, at Baylor, you know, we got Chris Beard, who's at Texas now. Um, like I said, my, my favorite coach, Tony Bennett. I mean, there, there's lots of really good coaches and I think we're kind of, you know, seeing this, this newer age of, coaches come in because I mean honestly I mean I think Bill Self and Jay Wright probably have 20 years apiece left maybe if, if they want to they're not particularly old so I'm kind of I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to this new generation I mean we might see like I said I mean we might see you know teams like you know Villanova and Kansas now dominate for the next 20 years who knows yeah um uh Jacob yeah I understand Michigan State they, they haven't finished they have not finished, you know, they, they don't have that many, you know, they have one championship under Tom Izzo. Eight Final Fours, I'll give them that, but I think that's I was also say, kind they, of a I was, problem. I was, I was, okay, yeah, that whatever, That's I was about to bring up. They have, okay, eight, they have seven in the just the 2000s. Like, they're, yes, they, they, they haven't finished. And I, I can argue that would be saying the same thing of like, oh, a team makes the Eastern Conference Finals or, you know, they make the – um you know, AFC championship all the time. Like you don't see many coaches that bring their team that far. And Michigan state, I feel like very rarely is lately. I mean, you know, you look further back, they've been one C two C, but like, I feel like a lot of, even those years, I mean, I don't know in my head, it's, it's Tom Izzo. I mean, Michigan state doesn't get the recruits and that's probably maybe possibly what he is. I mean, they're, I've, I've, I see Michigan state was almost a lesser North Carolina where, you know, they, they don't really get the one and dones. They build a team up and, you know, they're good. They compete. They always compete. And I honestly think they compete because of him. And honestly, I, I hate to say this, but like, I think Mark Few is a great coach. I mean, and I know they don't play in a, the, the best conference and they, there's good teams there, but like, it's not like they don't play anybody all year. They play good teams all year round. Like they play UCLA, they played UCLA this year. I mean, they played a lot of teams every single year. And I, I think they prove themselves even in the regular season that they beat good teams. So I'd be willing to put Mark few up there. Even I didn't, yeah. I kind of, I kind of forgot about him, but no, and I don't want to take anything away from Mark few, but my comments and like, he's still a great coach. And like, like you said, they play great non-conference schedule and even their conference too. You look at, they always got to contend with St. Mary's I think San Francisco was out in that conference, right? They were in the, 
the they were in um, the tournament this year. So it's a, it's a conference that's improving and getting better. But I don't know. I just to me, I love teams that play great competition in their conference schedules day in and day out. Um, and not taking anything away from Jay Wright either, right? Like you, you can go either way on this. But I just like Bill Self in Kansas with with their track record of being consistently good in the Big 12, right? You know, you talk about maybe it's a little more top-heavy. You've got Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, Texas. Oklahoma beat a few teams this year, give Porter Mosier a few years there, and I think he's hopefully got that program on the right track. But um, I don't know, TCU even. TCU made some noise in the tournament, almost beat Arizona. Um, you know, it's it's tough. You know, there's, there's some pretty good conf- conferences in basketball this year, and I, I think the beauty of this season was – you didn't necessarily have you know, maybe Gonzaga talk for a little bit, but you didn't necessarily have that one team where the last few years it was like, or that one year when Kentucky was undefeated, you know, it was like, they're going to win the title and they didn't, but you know, you kind of had a, a good spread of, of college basketball teams and who's going to win. We don't know, you know, our bracket, I mean, who's going to, who's going to do well. And I just think uh, like you guys said, you know, with coaching, it's going to be exciting. And I like what you brought up too about Izzo, Jared, just because every year, around March, he's got the boys ready to play. Like, it's unbelievable just watching what he can do. And no matter what team it is, if, if you get him in the tournament, he's going to win most likely a game or two. Like, just the way he fires the boys up and they come ready to play. And and it's always exciting to watch them. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm still going to stick with Bill Self. Just, obviously, I stated my reasons. But uh, I, it was great to hear you guys' perspective on that and, and see who we liked. You know, and cl- clearly the best top people. I'm saying young guys is Jay Wright, Bill Self, and Mark Few. Mark Few is still young too. And then, like I said, you, you clearly have the Tom Izzo's, and you have the Jim Bayheims, you know, the, the Jim Bayheims out there. But you know, it, it'll be interesting what happens in the future here. Kansas is always going to be good. Villanova will be tough because of Jay Wright, and you know, you're going to have those teams that are good because of their coaches and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to the future here. Who who takes over after Coach K? You know, I, you know, I hate to say it. I you know might be Bill Self, but we'll see. I will never in my lifetime here, in the ne- at least unless something changes next five years, say ever that John Kyle Perry is a top five coach in college basketball. He's a good recruiter. So. Good recruiter, yes. Coach, no. He, he were, and those years that, that he's won national championship is because he was a great recruiter. It was not because of anything he was. is because he was a great recruiter. Not saying he's a bad coach. I mean, clearly you put him in top six, top seven, whatever. Today, six or seven. People will come in here and argue with me at that. But John Calipari is not a top five coach. I, I'd argue that to the day I died right now. Especially right now, if you conclude Coach K, and even when like Roy Williams was here, would not consider him a top five coach ever. I at think, the time, I think I think I think that's a fair assessment, um, in 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 my opinion. But we can we can rag on Coach Calipari another day. But before we wrap this thing up, um, baseball season is upon us. Um, opening day is on Thursday, and just since Tupa's on, I wanna I I, I just want to get your brief thoughts on 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 what the Twins roster is looking like going into the year, what your expectations are. Yeah. Um, well, quickly. Quickly back to college basketball before I'm going to wrap that up. I do have to mention, because I know it'll make her very happy. Uh, I got a shout out to my mom. She won our family bracket this year. I have to man enough to admit that. That's how it always um, goes. She's, she's been pretty good. So the last few years, she's beaten us. And so respect where it's due. Congrats, mom. Shout out to mom. Um, well, sh- sh- shout, out, shout out to Brenna Bowman for her first year in, in the the lowing, um 
you know, me, Haley, Jacob, and Brenna. She this is her first year into it. Killed us all because she had Kansas winning it all, and all of us oh. all her brackets just like, like I only scored like three hundred fifty points this year. My bracket was just dreadful. I think I finished in like the sixth percentile. Yeah, I, th- I think I it was barely bad. beat you, Jacob, in our in our rim jobs. Uh, group. Yeah, you were your last or second to last. Literally, Brenna killed us all. But sh- shout out, shout out to Brenna for killing us all in our first year. But anyways, Tupa, continue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The ladies rule the brackets this year, fellas. It's it's all right. Hopefully we get we back next year. But um, no, yeah, the twins. Um, I'm excited about the season. Obviously, last year disappointing. Have a couple AL Central Championship banners in a row. Um, early exit, early playoff exits in a row. I know we watched that Yankee series in the apartment, and uh, Jacob got the last laugh. That was great. So that was a little tough. Um, had to jump on the Red Sox for Jared a little bit, and hopefully they took down the Yanks, but. Uh, no, um, Twins, I like the roster moves this year. Um, I like going out and getting Carlos Correa, proven winner, guy who plays well. Proven cheater. I thought, oh, it, was okay. kind of, I thought it was kind of hilarious. Um, his reasoning for coming to Minnesota, he hits well in the ballpark. That was maybe kind of one of the reasons he came. I don't know. So is that like, okay, yeah, that's great. Or is that kind of a slam like, wow, I pounded the baseball in your ballpark the last <laughs> X amount of years. Who knows? But I'm just glad that he's on our team. Hopefully he still pounds the baseball on target field. Um you know, a guy who's been in the, in the playoff situations, um, you know, the Twins just haven't had those guys with that experience. I mean, people, we could sit here and maybe argue too, but you look at Byron Buxton last year, if he stays healthy, he's been, I mean, it's spring training ball, yeah, but he's been playing well in spring training. If he stays healthy and puts together a full year, MVP candidate, um, in my opinion. He's got to stay healthy. If he hits the ball weighted, power, speed, defensive abilities, unbelievable. Um, the thing... <sighs> The thing that scares me the most about the Twins roster is our pitching. Um, you know, yeah, we've picked up Sonny Gray and Chris Archer, and I hope those guys work out for us, and I hope they bring their experience and things go well. Joe Ryan, rookie, getting the ball opening day. Uh, we'll see, you know. Hopefully he turns out well. He's, he's one of the higher prospects we got in the uh, Nelson Cruz trade, I believe, last year to the Rays. But it'll be exciting to see. I, I do like the pickup of Gary Sanchez and Urshela, another couple of guys who have been in playoff moments, been in situations – you know, our bats, I, I don't think we should have the, a problem putting runs on the board. I think our problem will be keeping them off the board. Um, and, you know, we'll just see how it turns out. Um, it's going to be fun. Um, always, you know, we contend with the White Sox in the Central now, and they've got a loaded pitching staff, a loaded arsenal of, you know, veterans and younger guys who can just pound the baseball. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, I'm excited for the MLB season, though. So hopefully the Twins do well. Uh, and uh, our in contention once it gets to October. Yeah, Jacob, me and you are going to have to watch some more, more baseball this upcoming year. But, you know, I think I think this is a good way. I mean, Jacob, I don't know how you feel about your Yankees this year. My Red Sox, I swear to God, they surprise me every single year if they're <laughs> going to be good or not. You know, one year I think they're going to be the top team. They suck. The other years I think they were suck. They end up turning around and being a good team. Jared, just give me a quick, quick action. Yankees, they got World Series or not this year? I'm saying in the World Series, not saying win it. Absolutely is this, not. Is this the year? Not a chance. Okay. Mm-mm. Okay. They just I'm, didn't. I'm not... They just didn't make the moves they needed to. I mean, Donaldson and um, IFK weren't a bad pickup um, from the Twins, but I mean, they needed to get better at shortstop, and they didn't. They needed to get better at first base, and they didn't. Nothing wrong with Rizzo, but they needed to be better there. Um, Everyone on the Yankees hate Donaldson, so I thought that was an interesting thing. I don't, I don't know what the backstory between is, but but I know um, 
Um, I heard that when they told Garrett Cole they were going to trade for him, Garrett Cole went, well, all right, I guess, is basically what he said. <laughs> Garrett Cole especially can't stand him. Um, most of the other roster, most of the rest of the roster doesn't like him a whole lot. He said the pitching didn't get hardly any better. I'm glad they got rid of Sanchez because he sucks. Um, I'm going to miss Urshela, but yeah, no, I don't have, I don't have any hope for the Yankees this year. My expectations are extremely low. Yeah. Well, I, it's like it's going to be one of those years. I'm not sure about the Red Sox are kind of like, they could be good, could not be good. So I guess we'll see, we'll see, we'll see how the, the season starts for them. I don't know much about them. I probably couldn't name you like four players that even played on their team. Probably not even three, to be honest with you. I just, I just don't follow professional sports that much, but. Jared, what do you think, uh, with Red Sox picking up Trevor Story, shortstop, you got Xander Bogart. So they moving him over to second base to play more or what? Have you heard yeah, anything? I don't know. I, I don't know. Clearly Xander Bogart needs to be on the field, and he's going to be on the field. Yeah. I feel I feel like they move him. I don't think they keep him at shortstop. I mean, I, I don't know. It'll be just, I, I don't think whatever move they decide to make with that will be wrong. I mean, Trevor Story, you no. move to second or something. I mean, I don't think it's going to make much of a difference, to Who be honest third base? Can Story play third? Rafael Devers. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, no, Devers. I'm not gonna, my, I'm not, my, my, yeah, I'm not gonna move Devers. Yeah, I mean, and Story's good, good defensive player too. But really, like you got those three in your lineup for the bats, you know, good defensive player. I was gonna say my boy, my boy Devers will always will hold down third base while he's there, dude. That he's, I mean, he's got. I mean, this thing about the Red Sox, they they hit the ball well, they do. And honestly, whenever everyone crapped on the Red Sox for tricking. We're trading Mookie. I was a little upset right away, but I don't think it's hurt him at all from getting rid of him. Yeah, I mean but, he's played he's played well for the Dodgers, but I don't think uh like I said, I mean, not a not an awful move on their part just to get the salary off the books. But. Yeah, but well I think that kind of concludes her so Jacob. I, I mean I don't know what you're thinking. I'm thinking we should Come back Thursday after um, the Masters have gone through one round, and we should talk about that because I actually love the Masters, and I'd love to talk about it. I love golf. We should just we, we should just go daily Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Just 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 do it. Just do a do a Masters recap every day. Oh, I mean, we sure could. I, I'd have no problem with that. I'm I'm staying home this weekend, so uh, I, I think we should. I, I think we should. Uh, especially on Thursday after the first day, come back. We we talk about who we think our favorites are. Tiger Woods says he's playing, and Tiger Woods says he wouldn't be surprised if. Thinks that he could still win another Masters, so it'd be interesting after his injury. I don't imagine him winning, but it'd be cool to see him after even day one. I will always believe in Tiger Woods until until he's not on the course. I will always believe. I mean, me too. But well, I just say, you know, thanks for listening, Um, Jacob Tupa. Thank you for coming on. You know, giving your your opinion on the Celtics and Duke. We appreciate you having on. It's always. It's always a lot more fun to have a guest on here than just me, you know, telling Jacob why he's wrong all the time. But I mean, thank thank you for coming on here and being with us today. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. This was fun, and uh, yeah, I'm always always uh, glad to come on and talk about sports. One of my favorite things to do. So, thanks for having me. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely in the future. We'll probably always looking for a guest. We'll have have you back on at some point. Absolutely. Say, well, thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you probably on Thursday.